Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. A lot of reporting today, uh, Jim, of the end of Delvin Cook's tenure with the Minnesota Vikings. What are you hearing in that regard? You know, the Vikings have notified Cook that he's going to be released. I don't know if, you know, by the time people hear this, it will be official or if they're away today. But basically, they, they, they got to a point now where I think they realize they're not going to get a draft pick in exchange for him. So why not, uh, you know, give him the courtesy of telling him they're, what they're going to do. Then they will officially release him sometime, I'm guessing, in the next 24 hours. And then he gets to go sign with somebody. Uh, Miami has been the hot rumor. Uh, running back friendly offense where he lives. He would probably, maybe theoretically, he would take a little less to play there than elsewhere. But I'm sure there will be other teams that will be interested. And, and frankly, the hometown thing in football, I'm, I don't know how big a deal that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he, my guess, at a running back at the end of his career, he will probably take the best financial offer. What has led us to this point with Delvin Cook? Why do the Vikings feel that they're better off without him? Uh, it's not that they think they're better off without him. As in term, pure football terms, it's a matter of roster construction. Uh, and so roster construction and salary cap management. How much, If you believe that you are a passing offense, and they do. And if you're going to give Justin Jefferson a massive amount of money, if you're going to spend a first-round pick on Jordan Addison, if you're going to trade for T.J. Hawkinson and make him a big part of the offense, uh, and you have K.J. Osborne as one of the league's best third receivers, and you have a, a good, accurate quarterback, um, you're not, this is not Mike Zimmer's offense. You yeah. know, Mike Zimmer yeah. wanted everything to ro- revolve around Dalvin Cook, so when, in, under those circumstances, it made sense to draft him high, it made sense to pay him, it made sense to run the offense out of a, you know, a running and play action format. This is not that. And Kevin O'Connell comes from a team and a school of thought that you can win a Super Bowl without a good running back. You can't win a good, you can't win a Super Bowl without a good quarterback. At least that maybe happened twice in the last thirty years. Uh, you can't win a, court, uh, a Super Bowl without a pass rush. You can't win a Super Bowl without pass defense. You can win a quarter, You can win a Super Bowl without a good running back. Um, you know, look at the – I mean, the Rams got almost no rushing yards in the last year's Super Bowl. They, they ran different running backs in and out of the lineup all year. Uh, the Chiefs have won – you know, they drafted a running back number one, but they didn't win a Super Bowl with them. They won Super Bowls with Pacheco and with Jarek McKinnon and, you know, cast-offs, seventh-round draft picks. So it's just, it's just not I, – and I agree with them. It's not the right place to spend your money. And I think the other thing is if you look up – the best running backs over the last 10 years in the NFL, uh, I don't think any of them have won a Super Bowl. And they, I think you can get to a certain place, as we saw with Zimmer's teams, by being run first. Mm-hmm. I think you can win games. You might win a division. You might win eight, nine, ten games. I don't think you're going to go far in the playoffs. I think it's, it makes you too one-dimensional, too easy to defend. Has Cook's performance fallen off in the last couple of years? Uh, I thought... Last year, two years ago, I thought he was still really good. This last year, I thought he made really big plays. He helped them, you know, his, his screen pass for a touchdown against the Colts helped secure one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. His touchdown catch against Washington helped them win a very close game. His long run against the Dolphins helped them win a very difficult game. He made a handful of really big plays last year. But once, you know, one analog stat that I look at uh, – is yards rushing per game. Because that gives you an idea of not just 
part part of it is how did the running back perform? Also, how much did they depend on him? Mm-hmm. Last, you know, his his yards per game rushing have gone from like ninety to one hundred eighteen to ninety to now sixty nine. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. So, he, and his rush yards per rush is down a little bit. But you know, basically, if you're looking at a running back and you're getting sixty nine yards a game rushing out of him. Well, you can get that with spare parts. So why pay the guy and why invest in? Why invest a lot in it? The uh, NFL Next Gen stats or their analytics that they released to the public, at least, not exactly in Cook's favor either. He actually had a negative rush, rushing yards over expected uh, per attempt number last year. One of the about four or five regular running backs that had a minus in that number. Yep, uh, and I really think that you know, listen. I don't. I'm not in the school of thought that says, oh, take away the big plays and he didn't have a good year. The big plays matter. The yep. big plays won games. But on a an every down basis, I think what you saw is the Vikings in two, second and nine, second and ten, way more often than they wanted to be. So I don't think Madison's going to make the game-breaking 60-yard play as often as Cook was, but I think they're looking at it as you're going to be second and six more often, which opens up the playbook. Uh, Madison's a better pass blocker than Cook. Madison is probably a Again, probably not the big play threat in the passing offense. He's probably as good. Uh, you know, his hands are probably just as good as Dalvin's, and you're going to be paying him a lot less. And it also opens up a chance to get Wong Wu and Chandler on the field more often. And I think, you know, internally, the Vikings believe that a running back by committee will be about as effective as Dalvin Cook was at a much lower price. Uh, K.J. Osborne, uh, from what I've seen and read, uh, is having a terrific uh, session of OTAs here. I think those wrap up this week, uh, third and final week, and then minicamp next week. You know, they drafted Jordan Addison, and a lot of people wanted to make him wide receiver two right away. K.J. Osborne might have something to say about that. Well, it's a matter of timing. Like Mm -hmm. when the uh, Vikings took Jefferson in the first round. Uh, of course, when you take a receiver in the first round, you expect him to be your number one at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took him about five games. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and, and for the first for training camp and for the first five, four, three, four, five games, you could have said, hey, Thielen is still the better receiver. Thielen is more proven. And then once Jefferson got it rolling, then it was all uh, very obvious that Jefferson was one and Thielen was two. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on here now. Osborne's yeah. a smart player. He's a good player. He puts in the work. Uh, he's going to shine in situations like OTAs. Addison is still trying to figure things out. So maybe for the first month of the season, Osborne will perform like a number two and Addison will perform like a number three. But they took Addison to be their second receiver. And eventually, if they pick the right guy, he will be that. Where are we at on the Justin Jefferson contract extension talks? Uh, I don't know. Um, And I would think that June... And early part of July would be the time when the Vikings would want to get a deal done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what Jefferson's mindset is here. I don't think he's the kind of guy who wants to miss any training camp. So I would think that there's probably a soft deadline of, like, July 15th where the Vikings would like to have it done and, and Jefferson's group would like to have it cleared up. Until you get to that deadline, there's not a lot of pressure to get something done. Mm-hmm. They call it mandatory minicamp these days because it comes after OTAs, which are voluntary, so they know that everybody knows that these are mandatory. But are they really? I mean, if Jefferson doesn't have a contract, is he going to be there? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I just don't know how he's going to play it at this point. Uh, And frankly, I haven't talked to anybody this week with the Vikings to get a better read on that. I can kind of start working on that angle. 
Um, it, but here's the thing. I, I just, I've, been, I've, I've covered so many contract negotiations, and so many people always want to paint them as Armageddon. And, oh, my God, what if he doesn't go to this? What if he doesn't go to that? What if he does that? Uh, I fully expect Jordan, Justin Jefferson to sign an extension be under and be on the field first day of training camp. Um, and if he isn't, and if he skips mandatory, or if he's a week late to signing in training camp, whatever, whatever fines he accrues, you know that can be negotiated as part of a new deal. So mm. I just don't want to go down the Armageddon uh, sure. path unless I unless I have evidence that something's really wrong. How big a deal is it for the MLS to sign Messi and have him come into the league? I think it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. It's called Major League Soccer, but it's felt like a minor league. Uh, that is nowhere near anything you see in Europe or internationally. Mm-hmm. It has felt like a minor league, with, and not a minor league in a terrible way. Uh, the Loon Stadium is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fan base is very passionate. It's a good league. It's, you know, but I think Messi elevates everything. This mm-hmm. is one of the greatest players who ever lived, yep. and he could have signed elsewhere, and he chose MLS, and he chose Miami, which is a, you know, so I don't know. I, I can't predict how this is going to play out, but to me it feels like a big deal for the league. From what I understand, David Beckham, when he came over to the MLS, he got some an option to buy an expansion franchise for a good deal less than an expansion franchise would normally cost in the MLS. I wonder if that's part of the deal for Messi as well. I would think so, and there are some rumors that, that, that there's going to be some kind of an ownership stake uh, mm-hmm. at play here. Um, and I also say this, David Beckham was a good soccer player who was great at being a celebrity yep. soccer player. Yep. Uh, Messi is one of the greatest players of all time. In terms of who's, who's a bigger name, who's a better player, Beckham is nowhere on the same plateau, nowhere near the same plateau as Messi. So I think, I think if Beckham was able to cut that kind of a deal, they'll probably just hand Messi a franchise. Very good. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports with uh, Todd and Sue Ann, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.